only audio, we're good to just kind of like start as we please, you know? Yeah, we should bring back the recording though. <laughs> what? I said we should bring back recording though. Yeah, we're working on it. It'll happen one day. Um, Welcome back to Powerful Perspectives. It's Savannah and Juliana. And we're back. I hope everyone in Michigan, I don't know if it hit other states, survived Snowmageddon. This, yeah, true. This, this past weekend. Honestly, I think what's probably more widespread is the wind chill and the temperatures. Ooh. So hope everybody has been staying safe out there um, because it's super cold. Yeah, I know my parents are up north and they got many many inches of snow really yeah i don't know how many but my mom was like sending me videos of my little brother and her like running through the cabin Aww. and just being like piled up um and then i was in grand rapids this weekend and snowed all weekend like a lot of snow all weekend wow yeah yeah today it didn't snow but it was like 10 degrees and then sub you know, zero with yeah. wind chill and such. And then I just remember, I just was seeing like so many people in like Canada or like other states or we were, uh, Christian and I were watching the um, Chiefs game. I forget who they played, but I we were watching ironically that. watching that too. But it was Do you know playing. who they played? No. I, <laughs> no. We're very clearly huge football fans here, but um, we we were watching the Chiefs game and they were talking about how cold it was, and I was like, I could not. In I that mean, I did walk out to the car today, and I was taking out our trash too, and I had to like sit and warm up my hands for a good five to ten minutes because they were like so cold. Yeah, I was like, wow, this was poorly planned on my part. Yeah, I guess that is the nature of winter around here in the Midwest. <laughs> I thought it was over, but it hadn't even started. But we did have some good news kind of happen this week, or good events. Big oh, events. yeah. Big events for Michigan. Yes, truly. Um, earlier in the week, we had our um, Pride and Joy University of Michigan take the Natty title, Woo! as they exciting. should. It was a great game to watch. Um, we actually watched it here. Uh, which is which is ironic. That we don't ironic. We don't watch football. The fact that we're talking about this says it's a, a lot. Big deal, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. We don't really watch football, which is really funny because, um, like just related to sports. I I, I don't think you did either, but I didn't grow up watching sports. No. Yeah, you no. said you didn't either. Like my family was not into like any sports. Like I I swam a little bit when I was younger, but like. The act of like watching and participating in sports was not a thing. So whenever I tell people that, they always are like, "And you went to school for kinesiology, movement science? What? Like, why were you interested in that?" As if like the only, you know, the only um, streamline or the only connection between kinesiology and, um, you know, doing it as a major is being involved in sports anyways not the point but um they always ask me that and i'm like well i actually liked the definition of kinesiology and what it meant more than like the actual sports but now that i'm like you know graduated and went to school at you yeah. know a big 10 university and kind of thing like definitely more involved in sports than i have ever been in my life that's kind of me too because that was a similar question i got in athletic training yeah um i got it all the time or people would always be like what sports did you play in high school right and i was like well 
I powerlifted, and that was about it for my hand-eye coordination. I would always make that joke, like I don't have the hand-eye coordination for any other sports. Because, um, and I genuinely don't know a lot about a lot of sports. I yeah. know a little bit about soccer, a little bit about basketball, because my sister played that. I know specific things about very individualized football positions because it mm-hmm. just depended if I had a friend in a football position and I would just, that's how I know. Mm-hmm. Um, or my friend Caleb would sit next to me in football games and tell me what's happening. Yeah. But sometimes I would go in one out, ear one out the other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I got a very similar question and then I started paying attention more when I came to Michigan. A, when I had to watch a lot of practices for athletic training. Mm-hmm. So I know a little bit more about like random sports like um, field hockey and yeah, gymnastics okay. and um, rowing. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know you were on that rotation. Yeah, I was on the rowing rotation. That was my first one. Oh. Men's? One. Women's? Women's. Okay. Yeah. Nice. A lot, of, a lot of back injuries. Yeah. yeah. I believe it. Um, so that was always a fun one. Um, Which gymnastics men? No, I had all women. All women. And it was all off-season. So every time was a little boring because I never actually got to watch them play. I just watched them go through all their off-season. Like, yeah. Maybe a scrimmage or something would happen every now and then. But hmm. yeah. So I like would always just stare blankly at people when they would ask me anything. But I started paying attention my senior year. Yeah. yeah. Really like um, Christian is big into sports like in general and knows a lot. So like I – learned a lot just genuinely like from talking to him and like that but honestly just being at Michigan you're kind of like I don't want to say you're forced to kind of like adopt certain things but like you know you're prideful of like hey I want to see them win I want to see this I realized when I was at Michigan that I actually do really like watching hockey hockey's Um, really fun I always liked it too uh in basketball so that's honestly why football is not my top thing but I will say I could take or leave basketball. Sorry, yeah. Kenzie. <laughs> Watching, like, or it was really cool to, like, still, you know, kind of be, like, freshly out of school and, like, see them win the natty. and That like, was really everything. nice, yeah. Because yeah. we've been building up. We've been getting closer every year. Yeah. So, like, I'm not that I know what happens now that we have won <laughs> the natty, or, but it seems like a big deal. So. Well, <laughs> yeah, the, from my understanding, you have the 13... The, or you have the uh, season games, and then you have the bowl game, and then you have the natty. So yeah. they won the so bowl now game, we're just, and then they won the now natty. We're just cool. So it's just like you know, I feel like something else should be happening now. But well, I guess we're just cool. We got now you have JJ McCarthy going to uh, the NFL draft, so you have that, and then uh, Harbaugh's in the talks with like NFL teams of switching or like uh, being hired there. Which I don't know. They always say that. So, yeah. Um, I clearly know a ton about this. Yeah, she's, like sitting here, she's like sitting here like i don't know anything about sports but she knows a right few random fun facts i do what was oh oh we're we currently have so you can you know if you li- are listening to this on um monday the 15th you'll really understand how close uh that we um filmed this episode to when it was released but we're currently watching the uh Lions Rams game, which is also a big Michigan thing because it's the first time in I think they said 30 years or something that we're in like a playoff game, something along the lines of that. Um, but we have that up in the background, and we were t- I was like, There's oh, been this much football in our house. I know it's so weird. Um, we were we were or I brought up 
I was like, oh, like another big thing about this game is the fact that like Jared Goff used to be with the Rams and then um, Matthew Stafford used to be with the Lions and now they're swapped. And so, you know, I'm just a fake out here. That's honestly all. That's honestly all I care about with football is the crazy fun facts about like the players and the switching and the drama. I live for I yeah. live for the drama. Yeah. So, I mean, it, that has been our entertainment weekly, honestly, with regards to the random football things. But has there yeah. been anything else interesting that we? No, not particularly. No. Just a big week for Michigan as a state. Yeah. A lot of snow. A lot of football wins. Hopefully. It was a very Michigan week. It was a very Michigan week. This is very... Because we haven't had snow. We had some car troubles. That's a very Michigan thing. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I've had like a car that's been in and out of work working this whole year. And uh, I went like a good six months without having car problems. But the tire popped this past week and I was just done. I was done with it. So we're looking into getting new cars. Um, Hopefully that'll happen soon. For now, me and Juliana are sharing a car. Yeah, we so uh, Christian lives down the street, and we have uh, like he has a car, I have a car. Savannah had a car, had <laughs> but we always car. say we, we're like okay, because uh, his car just uh, got back from being serviced, so we were down to two cars previously, so we were up to three cars for about like twenty minutes, twenty minutes, <laughs> and then Savannah's <laughs> tire pops. promptly pops. <laughs> Christian had to come and pick me up. <laughs> so, um, lots of fun around here. Uh, yeah, but- it's sitting in our parking lot now. So, if anyone's interested in a gray 2010 Ford Focus with one pop tire, let me know. <laughs> there you go. There, there you have it, folks. Um, so, for this week, what we were going to talk about a little bit is competitions specifically related to powerlifting competitions and schedules and how you set these schedules, um, working out one that is going to make sense for you as an athlete or make sense with uh, fitting in within your life. We are talking about this specifically because there's a lot of big meets that are opening soon with regards to like registering for them and like the timelines in general. So for example, January 15th, Raw Nationals like signups open, to which I am actually staying up until midnight to do because I don't trust the fact that I will be able to was a bit remember there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that leads into the first recommendation being think about the timelines of how far apart meets are and what makes sense for you. Um, so I'm doing a meet right now in February and we both decided to do that one and we can kind of go in a little bit of detail why, but the way that I viewed it, particularly with the February time was that was about, um, six months ish plus or minus maybe like a couple of weeks from Raw Nationals, the upcoming one, in about six months from the previous one. So for me, that's like the perfect happy medium of doing, you know, two meets a year, uh, having that consistency of like being on the platform twice in a year. That's something that I've been wanting to do and pick back up with because as of previously, it was just like once a year and maintaining at once a year. Um, but out of getting some more 
additional experience, even after as long as we've been in it, wanting some additional experience on the platform and less time between platform times, um, decided to compete about six months prior to Raw Nationals. So um, with that in mind, that helped to make my decision to sign up for this February meet. I had a very similar one. I also did the February one because I... Like, I also like to compete twice a year, which is something I realized last year because I tried out only competing in the fall. And um, I found that I got a lot more nervous and a lot more anxious and like felt like I forgot a lot of things, even though I didn't because I've been doing this for a while. But so, yeah, so I decided to do the February one just because I have bad juju from doing stuff in the late spring. And I just feel like my lifts tend to not feel or tend to not like I feel to be I feel like I'm more stressed out in like the late spring for whatever reason so I was like ah, I, I want to try doing um one kind of early winter so we're doing so that's what I'm doing February also same as she said it's like a good time period from like the fall which I'm not doing raw nationals but I'll probably do another meet around in the fall um just to keep that twice a year thing keep the experience up keep um I also think that's like a good time to like a good amount of time between everything to like test all like your lifts and see how they're going and like yeah. run a peaking block and see how all the off season's progressing see what's working do a little check in with yourself so um that is what although i do feel like uh last year for where my life was at and um how, where my lifts were at and how i was feeling about them it was nice to have a long off season so if you ever feel like they're like if you're someone that usually does multiple meets in a year like twice or more and you just feel like you need to take a year because you have like a lot of life stress going on or um you need to fix a lot some technique issues and that's going to take a hot second it doesn't hurt to yeah. just do one yeah yeah and that that's a great point because we talked about like our goals being hey doing two a year yeah and that was you know for you you kind of established that last year of realizing hey this is going to make sense for me um well you established it before but you had like a one year kind of offset um and then for me i was like okay i need to i want to pick up back up with two times a year because it made sense for my goals after like you know thinking about everything that i want to do but you bring up a great point about just being able to evaluate like your circumstances and what makes sense for you. I think about um, what I most commonly as a coach highlight to people or hear people talk about, especially college athletes or college students. They'll say how some of the best meet or the best meet of their life was between you know, August and October. Yeah. And if you think about the life circumstances in that uh, time period, usually from August to October, there's for a lot of college students aren't, isn't going to be as much stress because you're towards, you know, you're, you've gone throughout the summer, maybe you were working or, you know, you didn't have like final stress or whatever different things. And then at that early September, October time period, it's maybe not quite around the time of finals, or you're just kind of like getting into the semester, things are more exciting, you're coming off of summer. So 
that's just one area of like, hey, you might not have as much stress or fatigue built up around this time. So that might be a great time to compete. Or um, on the other side of things, maybe a, a time that you're like, it does not make sense for me to compete is around the holidays because maybe you're traveling a lot more. Maybe you're, you have additional family stress. Maybe you have additional final stress, additional work stress being around the end of fourth quarter, like being able to look at things as a whole across the entirety of the year and kind of evaluate what is going to make sense for you in that time period and not like push yourself to do something at a point that may not be most suited for you um that's totally okay and that's like something that I definitely encourage athletes and people in general to do is kind of like think about what your busy season is when you're stressed and you know different variables involved in that and adjust your goals yeah with that in mind um yeah because those meets can uh, like oh, what i was gonna say is all those meets are there tends to be time periods where there's more meets and like there's clusters where a lot of people compete kind of at the same time because i feel like there are times where everyone's lifts go a little better just because of the circumstance of, of what's going mm-hmm. on in like um life for everyone because most it seems to be a lot of things kind of like end and begin at the same similar times but um sometimes that's not the case and while there are clusters of times when there's like a lot of meets at the same time there are is always typically a meet going on somewhere so it's always possible to like cater to your own schedule yeah and something else i was thinking about with regards to this is think about your own situation if you were powerlifting during the covid time period Uh, um like and i say you know full disc disclaimers associated that COVID is still around, but during the time period where things in gyms were very much shut down, um, there were some people that had access to equipment and others who didn't. And if you look at the um, training or the outcomes of like meets immediately after that, like shutdown period, those that had the access to equipment actually saw Oh, there's like stats of this and I'm I'm not, you know, reading them off of a screen or anything right now, but just regards to people that had that equipment and had access to it, but also didn't have to go into work all the time, did, maybe weren't, you know, as full of stress as usual with work or whatever associated they actually saw a big rise in their training and their ability to train in um, the you know strength levels, whereas those that did not have access to training might have saw a dip. So it might not have made sense to do a meet immediately after or immediately when things were opening up. But for some people that you know, it did because they saw they had less stress and there was less going on and they still had that access. So that's just an example of the way things can like shift depending on like your own circumstances. And that's something that we can all kind of relate to whether you had or didn't. Um, But another thing to kind of talk about with relation to that is like just being able to evaluate where you're at with your training. If you think that it's worth it Um, because meats are not cheap for, Uh, sometimes there are meats that are on the cheaper side, but normally you're looking at a hundred to 
you know, $200, that's a wide range, but for, to sign up for a meet. <laughs> we always like to joke how we're paying $200 to go lift at our own home gym. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the February meet that we are doing is at our home gym and um, <laughs> we are paying to go do that. Um, do a fancy SPD day. Yeah. But, you know, a good reason to think about that too is you don't want to have to get to the point where you have to drop out of the meet. I mean, there are things that do happen where you might like have to. For example, I have an example of that where I dropped out of Collegiate's 2022. And the reason behind that was it, I've, I'll be quite honest, I did not evaluate my life circumstances very well. And I was like, this is just, this is going to be the, um, you know, the final straw on the camel's back. Like that was going to be it. So I opted out. And I think that that was a decision for the better. But as a result, I did lose money because I had signed up. Yeah, it happens to the best of us. I, I mean, like a similar thing for me was like the, the reason why I did the one meet a year. Like I felt like there was a lot of things I needed to work on, mm-hmm. like technique wise, because especially in my deadlift and honestly, like taking a step back and doing that, taking that year off was probably the best thing for my technique i mean mm-hmm. also i don't think i was financially in the place since i was um between jobs at that point yeah. but so there's just like a lot of instances where i was like well this is going to add more stress to my life than needed even though i had a lot of time to train so i was like well we'll just wait yeah and like with training like you said you had a lot of time and we're enjoying it that doesn't like mean that we didn't or we couldn't do tests like in the gym it was just a matter of like whether or not it was going to be expressed on the platform then and there um and i think that's important to kind of like keep in mind is just you know (sighs) these different factors training life your goals if they all align in the right time that's great but if one or two of them doesn't you know that's when you're kind of questioning of like, okay, does this make sense for me right now? Um, and yeah. that's what you did. You got to think sense. a lot more ahead than you would think in powerlifting because <laughs> oh, yeah. you gotta, you gotta know that you want to compete, especially if you're doing meets like nationals, like you got to know that you want to compete twice a year. You got to know which meets mm-hmm. to do twice if a year. If you need a QT. Yeah. You got to know, you got to make sure you're not overdoing it or underdoing it because sometimes, I mean, some there are windows where you can push to go from like one big meet to another big meet, but like mm-hmm. you don't want to do too many in a row. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So it's, it's just all about how everything's lining up and it's something that you got to think about way in advance. Like, we had to plan out this like two meets a year already last September, October. Yeah. Right Immediately after-, after our other meets, we were already had to think about like, okay, what do we want to do next year? Because stuff <laughs> meets were already opening up. Yeah. And I think you raise a really good point there of like thinking about it in advance, because not only is it going to help you to at least, even if you don't sign up for anything then and there, but at least be thinking about it and thinking about what you want to do and communicating that. It's also going to be super helpful if you have a coach who is yeah. writing your training, because um, if if they're writing like a non-competitive like macro cycle or a competitive macro cycle, like different programming styles, different things to focus on are going to come out 
at different points of like a macro cycle. But specifically, if one is, hey, I'm doing a meet and the other is, hey, I have some time. Let's work on X, Y, Z right now. Um, So as a coach, like that is super helpful to know. I know it's been very difficult as uh, Savannah said, with regards to like having some of those big meets like nationals or collegiate nationals, like opening up well in advance. I actually don't think collegiate nationals is opening too early, but nationals. Nationals is is way earlier than expected. Nationals is uh, for USAPL nationals. It is opening earlier than collegiate nationals registration. That's very odd. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of been like that, but it's just stuff that I've thought about. Um, and then it also depends on the federation you're in too. Well, that might say a lot about how they think that people are going to approach signing up too, because raw nationals is probably a lot more people that are thinking very far in advance and know their circumstances for sure. While collegiate nationals is a lot of college kids that yep. don't know where their classes are going to be yet. So that might be them thinking about that. Maybe. I don't know. No, I think that's a good point because even like right now at this very moment, I know I have athletes that are debating both. Yeah. Like debating whether one makes sense. And like, unfortunately it's difficult when it comes to um, planning a collegiate national meet because like, you know, people are coming from different places. It's a Thursday to Sunday thing. And that, you know, if people have classes and exams and all of that nature, and it's not quite the same as like a varsity sport, it can be a little bit tough to plan around that type of stuff. But I know for a lot of my athletes, collegiate nationals falls, you know, right around their finals week. So like, then it's thinking about, okay, what makes sense? Am I going to be able to do this? Which like we just talked about, I highly encourage all of them to do and think about before they decide to um, sign up. Whereas raw nationals does tend to fall or USAPL raw nationals does tend to fall around that early September. Previously it was in October, but um, early September period of time, which might have less like school variables for collegiate students. So it's like people can like take those days off. Yeah. Um, Or like with work, it's not necessarily in first or fourth quarter. It's, you know, kind of in the middle of the year. And like right now for collegiate students, they're probably just now getting their syllabus syllabi. Yeah. Syllabi and um, seeing their exam schedules and stuff. So previously to this, they wouldn't even know. Right. And like kind of um like scoping out if it's going to be possible with the professors that they have or yeah. like the not just exams but like papers and work and different things. And that's a lot and, of money to draw up at the same yeah. time as you're buying new textbooks. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a really good point. <laughs> Especially when like we brought up uh it's n- maybe not a varsity sport at that like yeah. specific school. Um which we should have in another podcast. We should talk a little bit about like the state of collegiate powerlifting and like yeah i think that'd be interesting how far it's come even since we've been in the sport yeah Yeah, so maybe look out for that one yeah if you'd like to hear that one um put it in the poll below this uh podcast you can just hit yes or no if you'd like to hear a little bit about that we would i think that would be a good one to talk about um but yeah we talked about how you want to look at your overall surroundings of like your circumstances, your training and your goals. But something else that I think oftentimes people overlook is just being able to 
converse with their support system on if it makes sense for them. Yeah. There and then, because, you know, if, if you can do it, but you're the only one that's going to be able to go or, um, you don't feel like you're going to have a huge support system there, that can be kind of discouraging too, or vice versa, depending on what people need. So just like another, maybe just another factor that I kind of throw in because people will often overlook it. But it's smart to think about. And yeah. Um, I mean, I've gotten peer pressured into many meets. Many of my meets are not my own <laughs> devices, but um, for this instance, one? yeah, this is probably one of the only ones that I that I've ever not like uh, that I signed up on my own accord Who? completely. Which one of us decided to do it first? I don't remember. I don't remember either. I think what happened is we both said we wanted to compete. February. I don't yeah. know who said it first. One of us did. And then um, I think you were up in the air for a little while. You're like, maybe yeah. February. <laughs> and then... Um... It's more It's more so... I, I, I have... I, it's been a long time since I've done like a very local meet, like a Michigan meet. So yeah. I get a little bit iffy on Which it. is what I was coming to the point to because that's something to think about when you're signing up for a meet if you're a person that likes a lot of people you know around you yes or not I am someone that I found that I do like people around which is an interesting thing because so I did Ohio Ohio meet last year because I thought that because lately in the gym I had realized I didn't really like a lot of people I know to be like watching me lift it made me a little more nervous so I was like okay maybe that means I don't like being around people that I know at meets like I'd rather just have an audience of people that like don't know me. But then I didn't really like the atmosphere. I didn't love it as much. I had a bunch of like close friends that were that was a lot of fun to be around with. But like at the same time, like I'm very excited to be at a local meet at our home gym with like a lot of people that I know. Whereas someone in this podcast <laughs> is less excited about that. I did, am I am I going into that now? Yeah, go okay. for it. <laughs> um, I I did not I didn't prep this, but um. So, like Samana said, I tend to not enjoy having people that I know around me when I'm uh, competing, and I'm not entirely sure why, but I have my theories. Um, I used to tell people, it's gotten a little bit better because, I don't know if you remember this, but I used to tell people, like, don't scream my name while I'm on the platform. I do about it. (laughs) (laughs) And that was because it would, like, pull me out of my, like my zone if that makes sense like my attempt my focus and so i would request that people not say my name while i was on the platform but um that has gotten a lot better however i um it's definitely an additional like stressor on me when i do know that there are a lot of people around me that i know so that actually is why i end up liking national meets a lot more because typically there's not as many people that i know so it's kind of just like me in my own zone and i do genuinely think that it goes back to my like starting point and i've talked about this on the podcast but just like i was very much like self-sufficient and self uh self-driven with powerlifting um, I didn't have anybody else really like uh, it, it took a while for me to get like my parents to be like oh yeah like like cool yeah. like basically support that so it was just like very self-driven and I've always been in the gym like by myself kind of thing so it it 
I think that some of that is yeah. manifesting. Whereas I was like a lot of like groups. Like I remember mm-hmm. before I even did real competitions, everyone in my everyone in my high school like hometown gym would do mock meets and we'd all yeah. do it together and we always made it a big event with like Sour Patch Kids and like everything and like a whole big deal. So I think a lot of it like the reasons why I like doing it with so many friends around. Yeah. It's because of that. No, and that makes a ton of sense. I actually like as a lifter, I genuinely wish that I was more like that. Yeah. I think it's also some of my introvertedness coming out too. Yeah. Um, because I do like kind of revert to that. Um, but so, you know, I've already I've already talked to my therapist. I told her we need to talk about like how I'm gonna handle this meet and how we're going about it. So I'm keeping it real with you all here. We love that's something that we're thinking about. Um, but there was I actually I don't know if I ever told you this, but um I came across a sports psych study okay. that essentially had three different it was a, it was a golfing a, a golfing scenario where they had just like a weekend warrior kind of golfer they had a club pro so like yeah. someone at the the club who teaches and stuff club pro and like a professional golfer all three i think that i think they were asked to um putt or um go to the driving range i forget exactly what it was but that's not too vital to the situation um all three had the same circumstances of the audience around but who do you think ended up doing the best with like an audience and who did the worst? Probably the pro golfer did the best. Yeah, yeah. the pro golfer did the best because they, the you know, they were used to the audience. That was a natural fit to them. I forget exactly. I'll try to locate the study and put it below. But who do you think did the worst? I forgot the other two. The uh, Weekend Warrior and the Club Pro probably the club pro because they're there by themselves or yeah go ahead. so that's what i thought i actually initially thought that would be the weekend warrior because they weren't used to the audience but wouldn't they have their friends around them like their buddies potentially yeah. yes but if you're thinking more into it but True. um actually in the study the club pro did the worst and the reasoning was or like the theory or i i'm doing all of this just off of memory um, the theory was that the added pressure of knowing that there was a professional golfer and people that they were supposed oh, to so like sense. supposed to be doing like performing for, yeah, put more pressure on them, and they felt like they were you know like not living up to that, so therefore they d- performed worse. That's so. The reason that I bring this up is because in some cases, I think that this is what is manifesting in myself with powerlifting. When I feel like I am coming off as like, hey, like someone who knows what they're doing, but then can't perform on the day of, it stresses me out. I feel that. I feel that. That's how I am like in the gym. That's why I always like, that's why I tried out the Ohio meet because I get so nervous when I know people I know and I want to like watch me like succeed or watching me. Like Mm -hmm. I just feel like, I don't know, like I'd rather 
embarrass myself and fail in front of people I don't know who are just like, oh man, like sucks yeah. for her. Then people who I do and then they like feel bad for me and I'm just like, I don't know. It's just like a whole thing that goes to my brain. Um, but I'm trying to get over that. But um, but this is like something that's so interesting to me, like about every meet days and like lifters and kind of goes back to why you need to think about like stuff like this and like how social you want to be in a meet because you kind of have to know yourself as a lifter and how you are on meet day. Like I mm-hmm. am a very talkative person on meet day. It makes me it makes me relax a lot to like be to keep conversation and it kind of like kills the time between waiting for attempts. So I'm not like thinking because if I wear headphones, I get really nervous and I start overthinking. And mm-hmm. I tried this out on one of my at, at States 2022. And I wore headphones between each of my squats and I ended up failing my third attempt. And a big reason why is I think I was listening to music and just overthinking it in my head. Yeah. Whereas if I just talked and like talked to Juliana between attempts, like I felt a lot better. And there's people like that. And then there's people that just need to be with their headphones in the whole time. There's mm-hmm. people that need a little bit of both. Some people need to be really hyped up. Some people need like low pressure. And I think that is a big decision or something, a big indicator of what meat you need to pick and do. Not that you have much of a choice at like nationals and stuff, but like for local meets, like set yourself up yeah, for, for, success. For, for success and to get the best, best total you can by putting yourself in an environment where you know you're a little more comfortable. Yeah, a hundred percent agree. And I'm, I was just trying to find that what study that was, but um, I do think that it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Uh, I do think that it's gotten a lot better than it previously has been because um, I used to get extremely anxious at meets. Like you haven't yeah. even known me since I've gotten extremely anxious at meets. If that says anything, you've gotten a lot better in the last year. So that's saying like, yeah, that's saying something. I used to like. I mean, when I'm coaching, sometimes I'll like visu- visibly shake, yeah. but um, like I used to before attempts like my heart rate I could not control like I was shaking kind of thing and like I feel like states 2021 you versus nationals Mm -hmm. 2023 you very different yeah and but (laughs) oh my gosh yeah you're not you're not kidding nationals 2023 was by far the least anxious I've ever felt about any meets I give so many props to like my training style and how I've been coached over the past few years to help with that but also just being more comfortable in that environment and just i've done a lot more with close to the platform even if it's not me on it so it it helps um but the last point that i was gonna make with regards to like establishing like that meet schedule is not to overlook the impacts of like life in general i know everybody will always make that joke of like oh Every lifter always says, like, not the meat I wanted or... Not the meat oh, we were hoping for. <laughs> yeah, like, everybody says that. But, you know, give yourself... I always say this. Give yourself grace. Do not overlook the impact of life. There's only so many variables you can control. Control the controllables, but don't stress about those uncontrollables. If Meat day is just a day. Yeah, meat day is a day. There's all... I, I don't want to say there's always another meat, but, like, theoretically, if everything continues as is, there's always another meat. Yeah. Um, training is always going to be there. Training will always be there. Like, it's a part of... Powerlifting is meant to be a part of life, but not life. So if, you know, life is impacting powerlifting, sometimes that's just 
what it is. It, it doesn't make you any less. It doesn't mean you've worked any less hard. You know, looking at one person who might perform better on a certain day, they may have one less variable in the, in their cards that's impacting them. They might not have a crying baby at home. They might not, you know, be struggling to get extra rest in general between sessions or whatever it kind of looks like. So just like be real with yourself about what is feasible for you and like use things, use the meat that you've done or the meat you're doing as an extra data point, but not like the only like end all be all it's you're not using an excuse if you're being realistic of like hey life does play a role that's not an excuse it's just an added data point yeah and i think anything for like powerlifting is you always want to have goals so if use one if one bad meat is just reason to do another and Mm -hmm. to and to like work harder and be more passionate about the sport like it's not nothing to make you quit or second guess your yeah. place in the sport and Just i think that. yeah and with that also don't be afraid to take time off or take a non-competitive period just because you're not prepping for like a meet there and then does not mean that you're not training you're still training you're yeah. still building and building different areas but and you're still testing yeah probably, most likely being able to take time off from competitions is vital to long-term success. I, you know, I fully believe that having time to grow. So what I mean by that is having at least four to six months between your next meet, that's going to allow enough time to have a non-competitive period, um, if not longer. So I think like every sport, powerlifting needs an off season too. Yeah. I think it's very important to like do take, do a hypertrophy block block from time to time. And like, it's just not necessary to compete a million times a a year. Just compete with what makes more sense to your, to your lifestyle. Yes. So those are our general recommendations and a few stories here and there um, about establishing competition schedules and what that kind of like what makes sense for you and how you can kind of think through it. But that about wraps us up. Did you have anything to add, Savannah? Nope. Awesome. I, I, all the comments have been made. Awesome. Well, to everybody listening, stay warm out there. If it's cold near you, um, if you're in a warm place, enjoy it because it's not great over here. (laughs) Um, and let's hope for the best for the end of this Detroit lions game. Yeah. We're, uh, about they just started the third quarter so you know so far so good we're gonna keep it up but if you want to head over to instagram and follow savannah and i um my instagram is juliana king underscore savvy underscore lifts and we can continue the conversation there too so uh feel free to head over there listen to some of our other podcasts and we will catch you next monday bye